Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for coming along with us today during this video series that continues. We're about to get to part nine, which is really part 10. If you count the introduction, we are trucking along. What are we talking about? Have we been inhabitants in a land when we were meant to sojourn through it? What do we need to do to come out from among them? Are we doing that? Can you come out from among the nations while you are steeped in nationalism? I do not believe you can. Now, now this part here, I think it's going to be pretty short. It's probably going to be, uh, let's say, 30 minutes or less. Why? As I said in the last part, I'm just kind of ready to move to a conclusion and move on. I like this kind of dialogue. I enjoy it. I enjoy studying these things out. But man, it takes so much time. It takes so much time, it's incredible. I spent over three hours today just looking into following all these trails of thought towards all of the idolatry at the founding of this nation. It's endless. Somebody could, I mean, it's not me. I, I, I have trouble finishing even 30-page studies. I couldn't imagine doing a book on it. But man, somebody needs to do something exhaustive. And man, that word would be very applicable. So why are we doing all of this? As we talked about in the last part, part eight, what is it about America that, that needs left behind? I thought, I thought that until we remove prayer from, from the schools and instituted abortion, I thought we were like a righteous, holy nation founded on the wonderful constitutional privileges we've been given. It's just not true, friend. It's just not true. And, and if you've made it this far in the series, then you're, you're as, as I am myself, much more educated than when we started. Because there's no way we can divorce ourselves from, from admitting at admitting at the very heart of our founding fathers endeavor they were believing that they were empowered by idolatrous deities to institute a governmental system that would exalt man that would be of such great benefit to him that would exalt him and establish him in a fruitful land and like it's really it's really blatantly synonymous with so many things we see even in the Bible of, of, of men pursuing fertility gods and believing that all these different things came to them from these false gods, false idols that brought them wealth, success, bountiful crops, fertility with their families. This is something that has existed sadly enough it's existed since the inception of man the, since the creation of mankind mankind has been idolatrous we talked just a little bit in part eight just about the little e elohim reality to all of this that the gods of of the of the nations are very much active Right now, in the here and now of this earth, they're very active on this earth. In the nations that I am convinced they coerce man to build. 
the Babylonian empire mentality that, that permeates Christian America, that says what? We will do anything at any cost to be great, to be exalted, to win, to be the strongest. Now, let's just talk just a mere moment about some present moment commentary. I mean, that's what we're seeing right now play out. But in, in so many acquaintances, acquaintances and friends, people that I've met, a lot of it does boil down to Facebook stuff, but thankfully somewhat in some conversations, I think Christian Americans are just really blatantly speaking out their fear in their unwillingness to let go of their liberties, rights, and freedoms. I don't think they realize it. They don't see it like that. And like I always say, that is what deception deception is. We don't even know. We just, we're in it. <laughs> we're not innocent, but we're negligent. We're, we're just deceived. And a lot of times you don't know you're deceived until somebody comes along and says, hey, brother, you're deceived. And then any one of us have to decide then and there how we will receive that warning. But I just, I just see so many people just keep saying, we will not stand for this. We will fight. We will win. We will keep our rights. We will do anything at any cost, go to any length whatsoever to maintain this American dream. And friends, I'm just telling you, that is the ugly, prideful head of the American spirit. The American spirit says we are the greatest. The whole world looks to us in awe and wishes they were like us. And yes and amen, that's how it should always be. And we're going to talk about that a little bit in this part here, as I believe my intent is to just shed light on just a couple small things about this nation that you may not be aware of. One really troubled me. And then we're just going to, we're going to presumably end this part of this study. And then we're going to, we're going to run wholeheartedly to the word of God. And we're going to, we're going to ask ourselves, we're going to ask one another, we're going to, we're going to ask the father, what do we do now? As I ended part eight, I said that several people who've watched this program have said, Joel, what do we do? What now? Now that I know this information, what do I do? What are you doing? What do you think we should do? Now that doesn't mean, tell us, tell us, oh great one, what should we do now? I'm not trying to say that, but there is an answer. Praise the Father, there is an answer. Like I said, we, we're not told all these things in the eternal written word, and then not told a solution, if you will, a response. Well, what do we do then? Well, we, we, we will kind of get to that in the, in the upcoming closure of this conclusion of the series. We're going to do what we saw at the very beginning in Genesis chapter 26 with Isaac moving, moving on, moving on, man. Strife, contention, quarreling, ah, all the inhabitants hate us and they don't want us here. Boo-hoo. That's what Christian patriotic America does. Oh, the gays. Oh, China. Everybody hates America because we're so godly. No, 
They hate us because we're so idolatrous. And the pattern of the scriptures is Yahweh uses the inhabitants of the land to frustrate his people and to get them to move. So friends, it's a blessing of the Father to be frustrated, stirred up, and given an opportunity to move. Or you can put your feet in the concrete of patriotism and stay. I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm not staying with you. Y'all go right ahead. I'm not placing my feet in the concrete of nationalism. I'm not. And I believe those are going to be stuck and it's going to take a hammer and a chisel and a whole bunch of trial and tribulation to free you from the bonds of slavery to patriotism. Now, it may mask itself as liberty and we've already laid that, man, we've laid that out clear. I can't do that. I could probably do it better, yes, but I don't know how much more capable I am to spell out the, the, the deep, the deep, deep-seated foundations, including that Masonic foundation stone of Washington District of Columbia, that are rooted and established in the goddess Columbia, Libertas. That your rights, your freedoms, the founding fathers understood that your freedoms that they handed to you were gifted to you from the goddess Libertas. We talked about all that stuff already. We're not going to go down that road again. We talked about founding fathers' quotations separating this, this undertaking that is America, that was America. Their undertaking was not a, a Christian one. We're here for all religions. We don't care. Jefferson even talked about, I don't care if you're, you're this, 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 atheist, all gods or no gods. I don't care. We're bringing you liberty because liberty is what? Liberty and justice for all. And that's what we've received. Not the commands of Yahweh Elohim. We've received a, an idolatrous, man-pleasing spirit that brings you whatever you want in the name of liberty and freedom. It is America. It, it is the American spirit. We talked about that Phrygian cap business the cap of liberty. I hope you've looked into that in between these parts, that you've taken that time to look into that very, very odd correlation throughout ancient mythology all the way to today on the seals of states and all over this nation and all over the world. This cap of liberty, cap of freedom. This Phrygian cap. I mean, you have to ask these questions. No matter what your, your status of willingness to question these things, you have got, if you're a rational human being, you've got to say, why are these things all over the place? I think this guy's crazy. But what, what's with this Phrygian cap business? <laughs> why is Lady Liberty, Libertas, why is she all over? the founding of this nation. Why can I drive my car to Washington, D.C. right now and see limitless signs of gods and goddesses, pagan deities, and Masonic rituals at every single turn? Why is that? You have, I, would, I hope you ask those questions. We talked about how Pagans, modern-day pagans right now, have 
been given understood instructions from the supernatural beings of the of the mystical air to go and to bring offerings to these sculptures, to the statues, to the paintings, to the national depictions of liberty. And thank liberty for your rights. Thank liberty for your freedoms. Eerily, the same verbiage of patriots. I have had this conversation with strong believers, reputable Christians now, mature in some cases, about how I will I will gently insert because I'm not I'm not a provoker of 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 arguing I'm not I love debating I do but I'm not I'm not out looking for trouble and strife I'm not and so in these types of conversations I would say something about how our freedoms come from Yahweh Elohim they come from Him He's the giver of life He's the controller of all single every every single thing. On this earth, he's sovereign. Every single thing that's good comes from him. Oh, brother, are you saying that all the soldiers and the wars and the, and the founding fathers, don't you care about the freedoms they provided for you? That's always just struck me odd. It's like we want to just jump over, jump over the sovereign hand of Yahweh. Well, what about... The soldiers in the wars. Listen, man, I've said this in in countless podcast episodes before. I became intimately, relationally close to a Vietnam veteran that was in one of the first drops from helicopters. They made movies about his battalion. And I sat with him and I wept and I held his hand as he cried and felt like his entire life was an evil waste of space because of the atrocities he's, he did to, quote, help, to help another nation, to free them. How he saw, let's just be harsh, how he saw children murdered by American soldiers who lost their minds because they were 18-year-old youths who had no comprehension or mental capacity to do the things they were asked to do. And I held his hand in his latter years, in his late 60s, as he wept over the atrocities of freedom and liberty. I understand it. I understand it in measure. I get it. But what are we really saying when we say, this, this by these means we have gained freedom and liberty? It's a heavy, weighty thing. We need to be careful how we wield this liberty. Now, a viewer sent this to me, and so I looked into this. This is very intriguing. Now, this is very similar to the stuff about the Capitol building rotunda, rotunda the mural on the ceiling with Washington sitting deified, uh, surrounded by the pentagram and the rainbow and the goddesses on every side of justice and freedom of truth, um, and just all the, the, the freaky imagery therein. Um, of course, the frieze with, with all the, the pagan deities that are there um, in the U.S. Supreme Court. It's just like that. Um, he asked me if I had seen this, this building um, that's amongst the Library of Congress buildings. 
I had not seen it before, so I started looking into what he sent. Same theme, same thing, nothing new according to this series and what we're looking at. But there are 18 figures cast on the door panels of this building in the Library of Congress. Now, 18 again, I found that interesting. I don't have time to look into all these things, but 18 greatest lawgivers in history is the pantheon of people that lines this U.S. Supreme Court walls where we looked at these men who received the divine oracles from, from supernatural deities and also have Moses and Solomon there as well. Moses holding the Ten Commandments just down from him. Muhammad, of course, as we already mentioned, holding the Koran. This is the same type of things. Now, the 18 figures on this these door panels are Hermes, Odin, who is a Norse god of wisdom and knowledge, Izama, the Mayan god of writing, some Aztec god of writing named Quetzalcoatl, who knows, I can't even pronounce it, Thoth, an Egyptian god of knowledge and a divine scribe, Nabu, an Akkadian god of writing, and some Indian god named Brahma. Now, again, like we're going to stop this part here because this is plenty. Why? 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 And again, let's go back to just the, the casual conversation of the average patriotic American. How can we have all of these things and say with any truth in us that this is a Christian nation? <laughs> it's, it's foolishness is really all it is. Now, it's ignorance. We're ignorant. And that's why I'm doing this series, and that's why I believe the Father is shining light, because he doesn't want his people to remain in ignorance. He wants to shine light on something. Why? So that we see it. Oh, gosh, no. Come out. We're responsible once we know, <clears throat> which is why I mentioned that <clears throat> episodes ago. Excuse me, I got a tickle. Talking too much. That's why I did a little prelude episodes back saying, look, if you, if you don't res want, re want to be held responsible for knowledge in regards to the not-so-wonderful, favorable view of patriotic America, then don't watch this series. I did say that. Hopefully you yielded to that and heard what I said if, you, if you're not prepared to let this stuff go. Uh, this was worth mentioning. I found this the other day. It was more fitting to say then, but George Washington, we know he was the highest level possible Mason. Um, I found it interesting. I found part of his burial ceremony in all the Masonic chants. Now they had clergy there, a pastor, a preacher was there. He said a prayer or something, but it was very clear that the Masons would do the most important part and end the entire ceremony. Hordes of Masons, like highest degree Masonic leaders were there in the procession during the ceremony. And at the very end, they recited this Masonic funeral verbatim, like from memory. Um, but I thought this was weird that a sprig of acacia wood was placed in George Washington's casket alongside his Masonic apron. Now, we talked about this, the Masonic apron. You can see images of drawings, of course, illustrations that were made 200 years ago of his apron. Masonic symbols, you know, I think the, the all-seeing eye is there. There's a pentagram down in the corner. All this just 
bizarre imagery, but buried with him in his casket was that apron and a sprig of acacia wood. So I'm like, well, what's the deal with that? Did, <laughs> I was all these things like, why? Well, I found very quickly that, that Masons believe acacia to represent immortality. And you can follow that trail real quick that they believe that George Washington was truly deified, immortal. That he, he, he attained such a high level of human ascent, just like the imagery, again, just like the imagery where inside on the, the, on the most important buildings of the most important city of this nation, the phrase I've said several times, is of what? Just that. George Washington, the, the man, ask anyone, who is the man that birthed this nation? I mean birthed it for real. The government of this nation, the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, this, this, this. George Washington. Well, look to the rotunda. The Masonic imagery, the acacia wood. He's immortal. A brother on the phone the other day, we're talking about this. He said, you know what, man? What I was thinking about while you were sharing this stuff? People today, patriotic Americans today, Christian or secular now, and this is, again, a cause of concern. You don't have to be Christian to be a patriot. You do know that. They look at Washington like he's de deity. I'm like, yeah, totally true. Deified, man. Godlike. The things he did, oh boy. Oh, it's true. Concerning, should be. Now, now this thing I'm going to read, I'm going to just try to read to stick to it. This really bothered me. I was telling my wife about it. My wife and son, they were doing homeschool. I was trying to describe to them what I had found. Now, I, now I found this image, this, this painting, weeks ago. But I arrived back there today and I started just, now that I'm, I've, I added to my understanding a lot of imagery and like things in the, in the backgrounds of paintings from 1700s and founding of the nation and liberty and freedom and, you know, this, get this lady Libertas floating everywhere. Like, then I'd see something I saw weeks ago and like, ah, oh, that's it. There's the Phrygian cap. There's this image. There's this icon. <laughs> oh, man. That's what I saw in the pagan deities in Rome. That's what we're in Egyptian sun god worship. That ping, 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 you know, like literally. And so, so I, again, I saw this painting weeks ago, but I saw it again today. And I like, I started, oh, oh my gosh, all these different things, right? It's very disturbing. But this is patriotic America now. In its finest hour, really, depiction-wise. So, okay, this, this is 1872, okay? In 1872, a painting was created, and it was titled American Progress, okay? Look it up. I'll give you a minute. Okay, unpause. American Progress, 1872. Now, at first glance, it looks beautiful. It's just, you know, 1800s paintings and, and illustrations. And, and even, I love old paintings. Like, I just like that kind of thing. I don't know why. 
but it just looks beautiful at a quick glance. Like, man, that's, whoa. But when you start looking closer, it just really bothered me. And, and even to the point when I was telling my, my wife and son about it, I found myself getting a little emotionally stirred, like for real, tears <laughs> at what it depicts in light of what we're talking about here. It really bothered me. Now, this is, this is a description of the painting um, from 1872, a description now. In this, you will see a beautiful and charming female floating westward through the air, bearing on her forehead the star of empire. That's a whole nother story. But the star, again, we did talk about that. In her right hand, she carries a book. Upon the book is the emblem of education and national enlightenment. While with her left hand, she unfolds and stretches wires of the telegraph that are to flash intelligence throughout the land. Okay, now, again, sounds poetic. Beautiful depiction. The illustration's beautiful. You might have already looked at it or you're looking at it right now. I pray that you are. I'm, I'm not saying take my word on all this stuff, but you're going to have to give yourself to days of study. I mean like solid days. I don't mean like an hour a day for two days. I mean like days worth of looking into this stuff. Because again, it's endless, like I've said. So, so this woman, this beautiful woman with flowing hair, she's, she's floating. Excuse me. She's floating out in midair, and she's going along. And if you're not looking at it, and if you are, you're seeing it in front of your very eyes, it's so troubling. Number one, she's the goddess Columbia. Hands down. Look through ancient goddesses. Columbia, it's her. Hands down. Libertas, no question. And she's going along, and in front of her, where she's going to the west, it's dark, stormy, dark clouds, big billowing clouds. And when you start looking about what's what's in the in the land where she's going, because it's drawn like a, a landscape, and she's floating along it, moving west, you see a bear turning, frightened, looking back at her. Up on the top, you see a herd of bison running out. What bothered me the most, to be honest, was in the middle is several Native Americans on horseback fleeing. As Lady Libertas, the goddess Columbia, which is what? American progress moves west. Now behind her, in the as she's in the middle, because you got the darkness where she's going, you've got the Native Americans, you've got wildlife, and she's going into the darkness, and she's bringing light. Cut the painting in half, it starts to go into light, and everywhere behind her is clearing skies. And as we mentioned, she's, she's holding a telegraph line, wire, in one hand. And in the, in the background there, you see a train. You see a body of water with ships. You see wagons with people 
clear, sunny skies. And this is what the goddess, Libertas, Colombia, is bringing to the West. And anything that's in her way, friend, has got to go. Anything that stops her will die for liberty. This is America. This is Babylonian progress, which is, look, we are going to be the best. We're going to be the greatest. We will be the strongest. We will win. We will not lose. We will win. Get out of the way. Again, this was what? 17, I'm sorry, 1872. American progress, y'all. Painful, but true. There are endless examples of how this nation exists to do one thing. Exalt man and dwell. Dwell. Period. It's ancient. I'm telling you, man, look at the Tower of Babel. Yahweh gave them instruction, go. Go out, multiply. Cover the earth. Ultimately, he wanted them to cover the earth with his glory. Didn't happen, rebelled, needed, eradicated, wiped out. It's a pattern of humanity, people. But no, we're going to stop here. We're going to erect a tower. We're going to make our name great, our own name. What did Yahweh say? They're becoming like us. They're becoming exalted. They're borderline deity. We've got to go down. Frustrate their ways. Scatter them. Why? Because they will not do it themselves. They won't do it. They conspire together to exalt themselves to deity. Free from me. Void of me, would say Yahweh Elohim. It's what we see in the word of God. I'm not trying to rewrite it. I'm just saying that's what it is. That's not how they become like me. That's the same thing we see in Hasatan, Lucifer, the devil, the fallen ones. What? We will ascend and be like the Most High. And it boils all the way down from the principalities and powers in the, in the highest heavens now, all the way down to the firmament down here below. And they orchestrate men, not democratic evil men, alone. Mankind. For what? An evil Babylonian agenda that exalts self to have no need for Yahweh. And friends, as I'm telling you, that's America. And until she's laid low, brought to her knees, humbled, repentant, listens to the, the, the sovereign hand of Yahweh, listens to, how do you do that? Well, respond to 
the sovereign hand of Yahweh using the inhabitants of this of these kingdoms of men to frustrate the ways of his people and his kindness, goodness, and mercy to say, please, my children, move along. Move. Move. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction for the time will come when they will not tolerate sound doctrine. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires. They will turn their ears away from the truth and will turn aside to Myths. But as for you, you use self-restraint in all things. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. I'm telling you, I feel like verse 3 and 4 is front and center right here, 2021, with the church. Her leaders... Many of her teachers, pastors, preachers, prophets, evangelists are satisfying the desire for ears to be tickled. As people are accumulating for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires, so many people right now are even leaving Facebook or other media platforms. Why? These people don't believe like me. They're deceived liars. So we're going to go over here and create our own little fantasy world. Live there. I'm going where people agree with me. I'm going to accumulate for myself prophets, preachers, teachers, pastors, leaders who will cater to my own desires. Who say what? What we already covered. Hey, things are about to get better. Things are about to get good for you, evangelical patriot. Prophet, prophet, prophet. There's no way around it anymore. There, you have to be blunt. Patriotism and Christianity have become one. They've become one. Turn on your new, your new news networks now. I don't even know their names. I just hear people saying, oh, I'm leaving this, I'm leaving that. I'm going to where they speak the truth. You know what they speak? They speak in accordance to your own desires and you're accumulating them to tickle your ears. Hard word? Yes and amen. It sure is. It is. Evangelicals are accumulating people that speak their own language and already agree with everything they already believe. Why? So we can do our own thing. Go our own way. Just like I mentioned back in what? Part one or two when we started instituting this nationalism mindset with America. How these thousands of people are signing petitions to give Trump an inauguration because he really won anyway. He didn't lose. Liars, deceivers. We're going to inaugurate him anyway. Which makes no sense because these same people... Talk about the beauty of this nation and her governments and the Constitution 
and the electoral college and how every man votes and how every man's count vote counts. And okay, so the votes are counted. Well, deception, deceit, it's all lies. That's not true. It's impossible that Trump lost. It's impossible. It's literally impossible that Joe Biden would win the presidency. Now, I'm not here to talk about whether or not there was ballot taint or not. Of course there was, just like every other one that preceded it, because whatever is decided in places you'll never go to is who gets in. Not you, not me. It's already predetermined. You can play along and cast your vote and all those things, which I won't even get into. Go ahead and do that. That's fine. But the fact remains clear that it is is inarguable. We've turned aside to myths like what? Like a beautiful, wonderful, patriotic America. Exodus chapter 20, verse 5. You shall not bow down to idols nor serve them. For I, Yahweh Elohim, your God, I'm a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. It's generational. We're not to bow down to idols or serve them. We're exposing idolatry. We're exposing idolatry. Revelation chapter 18. After these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority in the earth, was illumined with his glory. He cried out with a mighty voice saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, and she has become a dwelling place of demons and a prison of every unclean spirit and a prison of every unclean and hateful bird. All the nations have drunk of the wine of the passion of her, Babylon's, immorality. And the kings of the earth have committed acts of immorality with her. And the merchants of the earth have become rich by the wealth of her, Babylon's, sensuality. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that you may not participate in her sins and that you may not receive of her plagues, for her sins have piled up as high as heaven. And Yahweh has remembered her iniquities. So what do we do? If if you are even barely giving yourself to believe that this, this nation is, in fact, idolatrous. What do we do? Do we pack our bags and move? Where are you going to move? Where are you going to move where there's no idolatry? Where are you going to move where there's no pagan practices? Where are you going to move when there's no idolatrous traditions? You're not. So what do we do? In the concluding part, presumably, next up, we will talk about, well, what do we do then? If we're not talking about geographical relocation, then what are we talking about? My wife and I, even today, what do we do with our money? Like cash, coins. It's got this garbage all over it. What do we do about loyalties and and allegiances and what do we do with these things in our hearts and friends that's the question we're talking about our hearts posture our hearts abode 
Can we juggle these things rightly? Or are we mixed? So what do we do is a great question. I've had many viewers ask me that. What do we do then, Joel? This, of course, plays out differently for everyone, practically speaking. It looks different for everyone. But let's look at this, okay? And then we're going to close this part. Keep this one under an hour. This is a dictionary definition of patriot. And, and well, what, why are you reading that now? Are you still on the patriot? Yes, but why? Because I think the definition of patriot and the definition of patriot, patriotism is the answer to what we do now. Patriot. One who loves, supports, and defends his or her country and its interests with devotion. One who regards himself or herself as a defender of individual rights. That is a patriot. Devoted love, devoted support, and defense of one's country fueled by national loyalty. It sounds like a dweller to me. It sounds like an inhabitant. Patriotism. Again, this is just a dictionary definition. Patriotism. Devoted love, support, and defense of one's country fueled by national loyalty. Love of one's nation to maintain its laws and institutions at all costs. So my question in this, in closing this part today, can you be both loyal entirely to a king and a kingdom that cannot be established here? Because again, we're talking about being part of a people who are waiting for something that Yahweh himself will bring us into, a land where he's placed his name. Can we be loyal here in a national kingdom and entirely loyal to something in the not yet? I don't know. I would say no. It's a divided allegiance. It's a, it's a, it's a double-minded man to me. Because I'm seeking a land that this land of liberty and freedom that, is, as we've proven, has originated with gods and goddesses and idolatry, it cannot provide. It cannot provide what the land of my father will provide. It can't. It may try. It may look like blessing, like we've already looked at. Even going back to Genesis 26 yet again, Isaac dwelled in the land a long time, quote, wealthy, successful. But the time came for his ways to be frustrated and for him to move. Praise the Father he moved. Because it gives me hope that I can move. My family can move. You, my friend, can move. The church, corporate, she can move if she's willing. If we're willing. If my house is willing. If I'm willing to become a sojourner in a land that I've been inhabiting, that perhaps you have been inhabiting. The call is to come out and be separate, period. Not call, not a, not a call to come out and be kind of distant or a little segregated. 
or not doing Christmas anymore, or not doing this or not doing that. No, separate, distinct, holy, consecrated. An entirely different race who what is in the in the bloodline lineage, supernaturally speaking, of Yeshua Messiah the Son, the God man Emmanuel, firstborn of many brethren. Who came to invite us into the lineage of Abraham, who was called to what? To sojourn out and to wait for and long for a land that Yahweh would bring him into. So friends, we've been inhabitants in a land that we were meant to sojourn through. But it's time to come out. (laughs) We can do it. I'm convinced we can do it. But it's going to hurt a lot of people. It didn't hurt me too bad. That's just how I'm wired. It's going to hurt some people. It's hurting some people I'm already hearing from. Like, man, this is tearing me to pieces. But they're willing to let it accomplish its work. They're willing to let it accomplish its work. Why? Because they're ready to come out. Because they're ready to come out. Friend, will you come out? Come out from among them. From all the nations, man. Because we're going to be gathered. We're going to be gathered and brought into a land of promise. A covenantal reality. Where Yeshua Messiah is going to sit enthroned as the capital K King, period. No rival. No other. No, er, no earthly kingdom of men is going to be anywhere on the map by comparison. That's what I'm longing for. And I can do that better when I'm free from the bonds of slavery to the idolatry of this nation, America. We're probably going to conclude this with the next part. It's time to wrap this up and move on. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. This is the Path to Zion podcast. We're trying our hardest to rediscover the ancient way. Find us online 24-7 at pathtozion.com. Send us an email. Disgruntled viewer, disagree, agree, hate it, love it. Reach out to us. It's fine. Pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com is the way to do that. Share this video. Subscribe, like, all that stuff if you want to. Whatever the case, I'm glad you watched. We're about to bring it to an end. Thank you for watching. Amen.